As a game developer, you create exciting worlds, but are players truly connecting with your story? The right audio is essential to connecting with your players, and good or bad game audio may mean the difference between a player continuing or putting down the controller. Silent Media knows game audio. They've seen it all and done it all, and they would love to connect with you about your work in progress. You can book a free game audio strategy session at silentmedia.com booking. That's S-I-L-E-N media.com booking. Big thanks to Silent for sponsoring the show. Good evening, fans. Tim Kittrow here, the voice of NBA Jam, and you're listening to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by CodeWritePlay.com. Whoa, boom shakalaka! My mom gave birth in 1985. I was blue within a Pac Man ghost, barely alive. In the Cold War, my only blanket was Tetris. I played Rampart with Reagan Rampage, the world for breakfast. The laundry mat was my sanctuary, the arcade was my church. I thought I was grasping. Ah, so hey. Hey, hey, hey. Okay. Golden. <laughs> I would never be able to explain the. Uh... The conversation I just had with myself. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for jumping on a call on uh, happily. I was going to say short notice. We've been trying for a week now. Yeah, but so here we are. I am between classes with my son for his kindergarten day. Uh, I have no idea what you're doing. What are you doing? I am just now sitting down. I'm not eating lunch, but I am on lunch right now. Oh, okay. I won't smack lips into the microphone for everybody's enjoyment. You got to go somewhere else like OnlyFans for that. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, if you need to eat while we do this, I will feel free to go on long tangents while you do it so. Is, it is all good. Well, so let me explain. I'm recording, by the way, if that... No. I figured. <laughs> that worries you. Um, <laughs> it, it comes up once in a while. So uh, anyway, we uh, we decided because of a conversation we had... Were we streaming at the time? We were playing Rocket League and streaming. Is it one of those things or was it something else? I don't know if it was on stream or shortly after stream. You came up with the idea of, yeah, the quitting of jobs and how exits were made and such. Right. So I and, and we one of us brought up, like, wouldn't it be funny to do a podcast about that? And I said, well, why don't you come on and why don't we both talk about uh, jobs past and how we left them? Because I don't think you can go wrong with that topic. And I realized while putting some notes together of my own, I don't know how many you've got. I've got 14 jobs that I've left now. You are definitely very, very much higher than myself. Um, I'm at hoping to be three soon, but it'll be, (laughs) I mean, three technically, if you count, you know, dad, I'm not mowing the lawn anymore. I'll see you later. I'm too old for that crap. (laughs) I got a real job, dad. (laughs) I would argue that's a harder job to leave than the others. I had, oh God, there was a time. Let me tell you. Anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, just for fun. And if if there's a, a moral to take away today, I don't know what it is. So uh, I just, you know, we all we all do career stuff. We've all got jobs. The idea of a career usually requires you to leave one job in favor of another one at some point. Very few people go like, <laughs> at 17 years old, I started at Boeing and left when I was 66. Uh, <laughs> you know? Ran the company. Started in the mailroom and I worked myself up. <laughs> then I took over for Mr. Boeing, if that's a person. <laughs> Jimmy works there. We should ask him who Mr. Boeing is. I forgot you mentioned that and I didn't really drill into it. But that in, in the St. Louis area, that's actually a pretty fantastic employer to work oh, yeah. for if you can get there. Oh, yeah. So Boeing uh, and, and several other. We're, we are going to talk about some defense contracting because I've done some of that. So maybe maybe I should start since you have... I would say, yeah, hit a couple, and then I can fill in some blanks here and there since your quantity is a little higher. I'll do seven. You can do three. <laughs> that works. And I'll do seven more. No, um, the first couple are funny because you you know my friend Joel. We mm. Or I know your friend Joel. He probably knew you first. I don't know. I remember him from when my brother was a teenager. So right. I, you probably you probably had to be going to like high school or something with him at that point already, I would assume. Yeah, I, I actually met him when we were little kids. Okay, um, so yeah, you win. Because so, he was in my, not in my school, but in my school district. So by junior high time, we were uh, part of the same circles. Anyway, he's a guy we know from the area. He's a musician. I'm <clears> a musician. And we linked up and played music in a variety of circumstances. So uh, that that's the Joel story. Um my first two jobs when I was 16, 
I think I was 16. I started a job at Wendy's down the street from me. And then the following job was Ponderosa, which was nearby. Oh, man. Do we have those anymore? You know, I was just asking Erica about that. It's actually a pretty fantastic place. Working there did not ruin this for me. It's a fantastic buffet to eat at. Um, I'm happy every time I go or went, rather. I, I honestly have zero complaints about Ponderosa. But those were my first two jobs, fast food, basically. And I quit both of those jobs because I had shows I wanted to play with Joel. Well, there's as good a reason as any. <laughs> at, at that level, I kind of that's how I kind of felt about it. Like I asked my first manager at Wendy's, I said, "Hey, there's going to be this concert that uh, I know I've got this usual set schedule of nights and weekends and everything. So there's just this one night I'm going to need off." And he told me, "No, uh, <laughs> it it was, I th- it it was several weeks away. It might have been a full month. I said, "I just need this one night off," and he goes, "Can't help you." <laughs> so I said. What does that mean? He goes, I don't know. I said, well, I guess I'm going to quit. He goes, okay, I'll take care of the paperwork. (laughs) (laughs) That was his bingo night and you were not ruining that for him. It must have been something like they apparently they were very uh, tight staffed down there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ponderosa was very similar. Uh, It was shorter notice, but I said, if I could find someone to work for me, can we get this done? And they said, "Uh, yeah, but we don't like to normally do this. I said, you don't normally like to give people days off? (laughs) Well, no. see if you can find somebody. They got out a milk crate full of employee records. Apparently they had like 200 people on staff who just, they would, they would just randomly call to go, can you work on a certain night? 90% of them weren't on the schedule, but they just had this giant stack they let me go through. It's also weird they let me go through all these employee records just trying to find (laughs) someone to work. (laughs) Here's all their personal information just to find somebody. That's exactly what it was. I'm calling all these people at home, and several of them sounded like, what? Who is this? I haven't worked here in years. (laughs) Uh, And I got through that whole stack, and no one wanted to work, and I had to quit again to play a a show (laughs) with my band. (laughs) So uh, I thought thought that... You weren't... Hold on. You weren't part of... Uh oh god. The afterglows? Oh yeah. One of three. Yeah. I probably watched you before I realized it. Me and Joel and our, our buddy Matt Thomas, who still lives in the area too. He's a fantastic bassist. I believe um, Joel had a flying V guitar at that time that was ridiculous looking. He did. I I had that in my possession for a time. He he took it and when he was wanted to move on to some other guitar, he sold it to another friend of ours who I played in a different band with. And then like five years after that, that singer I, I saw it in his basement or something. He's like, Oh yeah, this was Joel's at one time. I bought it from him. I said, uh, wh- what's what's going on with it? He goes, I don't know. I guess I'm gonna throw it out. I said, Can I take it to Joel? Like I think he would love that. Throw and it I, out? I brought it back to him like ten years later, and uh I think he still has it. Why would you throw a perfectly, I mean, a perfectly good guitar out? Uh, this this other guy, he was friends with Joel, too. I think he still is. I just don't think he was really thinking about the possibility that anyone still wanted it. And I thought, if I know Joel, he would probably love to get this back. Even if he grabbed it and sold it again, he'd be happy to have it back, I'm sure. But yeah, that, <laughs> that was part of the afterglows, which is funny that you uh, knew about that. And we <sighs> we put out an album at one time that I I might still have a CD somewhere. <laughs> and um i'm sure i had one at some point we have some very yeah. funny photos of us too which they weren't intended to be funny we thought we were <laughs> serious but they're funny now <laughs> super serious so uh yeah that my music career uh took out several of my fast food jobs <laughs> rest then, in peace and then i moved on to toys r us but before we do toys r us let's hear no, one man. from you okay so we'll we'll start Somewhere in the middle, I suppose. High school job. I, as well, did some fast food following in the footsteps of my brother. Oh, yeah. Hooked me up with the the great honor of slinging tacos at the local Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Boy, oh, boy. I could go on stories and stories from that place. But uh, one stuck out to me earlier before before the quitting. There's a funny story. Sure. Um, There was, at the time, it was, it was Taco Bell and then maybe not even... 70, it might have been a whole football field, 75 yards to a whole football field away, just an open blacktop parking lot in between the two was the McDonald's. And I am from a very, I'm from a much smaller town than where you're from. Mm-hmm. 
and it was we had nothing else to do. We were the only Taco Bell around for forty something miles. So obviously, <laughs> if it was a Friday night, you know, there's a football game in town. People smashed the Taco Bell. You never got a second. Um, yeah. Still have PTSD from back <laughs> in the day when the Blues had a deal. St. Louis Blues had a deal with uh, Taco Bell that if they scored five goals in a night, the following day, each taco was only thirty five cents. If so I could interrupt have, for a minute. Yeah. That's post-taco stress disorder. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, people would come in, and I, I kid you not, they would wait. They'd come in, order 40, 50 tacos, and, like, you know, <laughs> we're just we're making them as fast as you can. You'd be the real a-hole, though, if you did it in the drive-thru. Oh, yeah. But we're making them as fast as you. Some people are waiting 20 minutes for the order because there's two more orders like that ahead of them. So you're literally not exaggerating, slinging hundreds of tacos probably close to thousands at some point depending <laughs> on how long your shift was a day and you're just like there's no way this is stupid this was the dumbest thing needless to say i don't think they do that anymore but anyway the <laughs> mcdonald's we had a rivalry with them just some of the other local high school kids that we worked with and we were just you know stupid doing stupid things but we got away with a lot because they could not keep when my brother worked there they had the same general manager forever forever yeah. that's who hired me she was fantastic and then all of a sudden, after like 15 years or something, they decided she just wasn't good anymore. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> so they let her go. And then it was a revolving door of general managers. The mm-hmm. entire, uh, how long have I been? I probably left when I was 19, finally. No, I didn't make it that long. It was 18, probably two, two and a half years, something like that. Yeah. And no, no general managers. That means no respect for the boss, especially when you're 16, 17 years old, because they're just... Oh, yeah. They're there, and all of a sudden, they're going to shake things up and make things there. It's like, this is Taco Bell. This is not some Boeing. You're not going to reinvent the helicopter. You're going to turn this Taco Bell around. (laughs) So we we would just do what we want. So, you know, late nights or whatever, on days you're not getting murdered by 35-cent taco days, we would would goof around, and we were texting kids at McDonald's and talking crap and this and that. And there was a bouncy ball machine in the lobby of our Taco (laughs) Bell. And we thought it would be fantastic to bring in a wrist rocket and get on the roof and get up there and legit just start firing bouncy balls across the parking lot <laughs> seeing, Hey, did you hear that? Hey, did you hear that? You know, like seeing what hit, what didn't. <laughs> Meanwhile, route four is probably just bouncy balls flying right across the only two stoplights in the County. And we're just rocketing crap across. <laughs> That's what we used to do when we were working either that or on the training TV, watch DVDs of family guy because we were slow. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Good times. So when I left that place, I had I was technically working three jobs. I was still mowing grass because that's easy cash. And then my neighbor had an opening at the local pawn shop. And boy, oh boy, life lessons were learned in that place. <laughs> Needless oh, to yeah. say. But I tried doing all three for a while. And then I realized I'm like 18 and I don't, why am I working three jobs and going to school? I don't, I don't need it. So I, I quit the grass and then I quit the taco slinging and went full-time into the pawn shop industry there. And yeah, leaving though was you would think it would, you know, you, you make memories of stupid things done and drunk people arrested and fights in the parking lot and just all the fun you can have at a Taco Bell. But leaving the place was a uh, pretty seamless and easy. I was like, Hey, I'm not working here anymore. Here's my stuff. You want me to do my two weeks? Nah, that's cool. I was like, all right. <laughs> I'm a head out of 10. So shook hands with one of the managers that I really liked. He's this big dude that took care of me. And then the other one happened to be like my best friend for a very long time. And I uh, don't know what he's doing nowadays, though. I should figure that out. But yeah. Yeah. That's ends the taco saga. That's that's wild. Um, I tried several times to apply a Taco Bell, as I believe I've told you before. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was I was never Taco Bell material, which... Uh, it's funny because Adam Carolla wrote a book of, of that very name, and that's the only other time I've heard of anyone uh, like myself trying to get in at Taco Bell and failing completely. I don't know what it was, if they, if I seemed too desperate for the tacos or, or what it was. But <laughs> must have been a new general manager. <laughs> it must have been something like that. It's funny that you say you were the only Taco Bell for like 40 miles around because my Truly. city has two Taco Bells. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have like, I don't know three within eight minutes of me right now. So yeah. Oh, by Belleville. Yeah. You got several, you got more than I do probably easily. That's, that's so funny. 
Um, Everybody should have to work fast food at some point in their life. It, it just teaches you a level of something that you can't get anywhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like you hear people say that about the military. Like, I think everyone should have to do like certain number of years in the military. I don't agree with that. I, agree, I do yeah. agree with fast food. <laughs> fast food's <laughs> a, a must. Military is like, yeah, maybe if you're somebody that needs it, but for not a everybody person, needs that. Yeah, I, I, exactly right. I don't think everyone needs exactly those lessons. But uh, for some reason, you and I talked about the military last time you were on. But, uh, uh, did we? Yeah, I just, for, for some reason, I just listened to it. We talked about um, judges a, a few times in history telling people, uh, you're either going to prison or the army. And for some I'm reason. I'm drawing a huge blank on that. I don't, I don't know how I ran into this, but y- you and I, I'm pretty sure it was, no, you know what? It was John. I'm sorry. Okay. We were just, we were I was just talking like, about John. That one's not ringing a bell, but I believe it because we talk about it a lot. Yeah, yeah. You and I sometimes talk about stuff after they <laughs> are discussed on the podcast. It's all a blur to me. Yes. So, uh, that's but good old Taco Bell. So Taco Bell, plenty of memories. Way too many tacos. Still eat there to this day. It didn't ruin me. So whatever. Yeah, I I don't think any of these restaurants I've worked at. I still go. We're going to talk about Cracker Barrel in a minute. I still go oh, there boy. all the time. Uh, Dandy not Dandy Inn. Dandy yes, Inn. <laughs> They finally took a dozer to that place. They sure did. It's gone. Everybody on Facebook. Oh, this is terrible. That building's been around forever. That place was a hellhole where nothing good ever <laughs> happened. <laughs> but uh, I'm ahead oh. of myself here. Oh. So I left Ponderosa to go to, well, I quit because of that concert, I guess, mm. and took my second run at Toys R Us. Because my buddy from high school already worked there. And I told him, I said, I put in an application there one time and I'd never heard back. So I guess they just didn't didn't want me. And he said, uh, you got to do it at a certain time of year. You have to go before the holiday season ramps up. So we're talking like September. It's a good time to have an application in. I said, okay. And he goes, come up sometime when I'm working. I'll, you know, draw a little little star on your application or something. I'll tell <laughs> the, the manager that you're an okay guy. And sure enough, late 2001, I, uh, I got in at Toys R Us for uh, holiday time. I was a seasonal employee, as they call it, which means uh, I did the worst of the worst jobs. I only got a vest and not a full dress shirt. <laughs> so uh, I, in about, I don't know. 9, 10, 11 other people worked from like September until I don't remember if we got through the end of the year or if we were out on our butts in, uh, I don't know, a few days before Christmas, something like that. I think we probably got to go through New Year and came in a couple of times in January. And then they said, like, you know, every year we keep a few people on to be permanent staff uh, here at the (laughs) here at the Toys R Us. I worked through, I worked my butt off. I really did. Like it was still one of my first jobs. I always wanted to work at Toys R Us. I wanted to work my way over to the game section, you know, uh, as one does. And that I, they, they said we only put people in games after a couple of years or something like that. Hmm. Had to work my, my way up to the game section, but I, I worked real hard at that seasonal job. And like January 3rd, they said, like, you can call in and see if you're on the schedule. Somebody will just tell you, like, either yes, you are or no, you aren't. And if you're not on the schedule, then that that means, you know, you, you didn't make the cut. So this cutthroat toy store uh, situation unfolds. I did not make the cut, but the store director took my call and she said, look, I just wanted to tell you. I had this this friend I, I did shifts with named Patrick. He was another hard worker. She goes, I wanted to jump on and say you and Patrick did a great job. And I'm like. Uh, this has nothing to do with Patrick. This is me and you and a job, right? Right. You you guys did great. Uh, we just don't have room. <laughs> do you have room for one of us? Because I don't care about Patrick. Stop talking about Patrick. <laughs> Shout out to Patrick if he's out there. But um, I, I did not make it. So I was out on my butt. Got to come back like, I don't, I don't the timeline's blurry now because I worked there three different times. But I came back much later. I was still doing nights and weekends because I was still in high school. Made a bunch of friends. I worked there for a really long time. Toys R Us was a pretty cool job. I could probably write another book all about working at Toys R Us. I was thinking about it at one time. Did you ever bring up the uh, odd Toys R Us break-in attempt? 
from your other employee friend. You want to talk about the Toys R Us break-in attempt? Because that was not in my notes, and that's a good story. I don't know if you brought it up or not. I know we've talked about it plenty of times, and I, I think it's too good to pass up. So, yeah, go. The next, the next two jobs here that I'm going to talk about, someone's going to end up in prison at each one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Toys R Us in Fairview Heights, it's obviously no longer there. I think now it's yes. Planet Fitness. Uh, yeah, it used to be a Planet Fitness. Wasn't it like a... Like a baby store after that, though? It was always a Toys R Us slash Babies R Us. Maybe that's what I'm thinking, yeah. And uh, then they moved the Babies R Us slash Kids R Us operation to, like, a store further down the the lot. Yeah. So that had its own building. And then when Toys R Us officially shut down here in the U.S., uh, I found a video on YouTube of them converting it over to like some big gym. I think it was a Planet Fitness. I'm sure it is. It's I know exactly where we at. So yeah, yeah. So I bring up the location because there is a large bank on the other side of the parking lot, and like a big, big bank. I forget which bank it was, and it, it doesn't matter too much now. But um, so it's a major bank, and they've got like corporate offices. So it's a big, like three, four, five story building. So. This guy, who was another seasonal employee, always seemed a little unusual to me. He didn't really want to make any friends. Like, he didn't seem like he really wanted to be there. It was to the point that, like, some of us were kind of like, hey, what about that? I don't remember his name. and I wouldn't use it. But it's like, what about that one guy? Like, he seemed okay to you? Like, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I come in one after a weekend or something. I come in on, like, a Monday night. And uh, I saw his name on the schedule, but I didn't see him. So I stop one of my friends, who I'm still friends with, and I go, hey, what? Uh, is that guy coming in tonight? Like, we're, we're kind of shorthanded and what's going on? And somebody goes, he is in jail. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, what? You have my attention. Go on. <laughs> the story apparently, and I don't understand why he did this, but he got this job at Toys R Us as a reason to be in that parking lot and... One night, he and some friends were in that parking lot, and the rumor is this. It, it seems too fantastic to be true, but somebody mm -hmm. said they showed up with some equipment and tried to tunnel down into the ground where they were going to try to come back up inside the bank. <coughs> Saying that out loud sounds too ridiculous to be possible. Don't hit a gas line. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be something? Uh -huh. um, but apparently they did something in some way tried to break into this bank. And it's the stupidest story. They, they were apparently caught immediately. It's the <laughs> stupidest story I've ever heard. I, I wish I could remember the guy's name because I know I've tried to look this up since I got a little older and wiser and thought this would be all over the news if I knew oh, the yeah. guy's name. But around here, every once in a while, somebody will go to prison for trying to break into a bank. So there are enough of those stories that it's been hard to sort out. But I, I might try again. Because now that you bring that up, I would love to get to the bottom of what happened with that guy and that bank. But It'd make a good article. It was it was clear that he was there as a means to try to figure out what he was going to do to get into this bank. What he was going to do then, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, He'd keep digging and end up in China and make his great escape. <laughs> <laughs> Straight out the other side of the earth. Um, uh. That's I guess that's how his mind worked. He's going to come up somewhere, and then he was going to start stealing shit. Exactly right. This is before the Earth was flat. Everyone, just so you know. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't just fall <laughs> off the bottom of the Earth. Thankfully. Um. So I, I don't know if we'll top that with uh, Toys R Us stories. Oh um, man! But I, I left several times because I worked there three times. So the time I left after that, I was. The theme here is. Give me days off because I really don't like not getting a day off right, every right. now and then. I called in one morning because I wasn't feeling well. It was completely legitimate. Felt like crap. I said, look, I, I'm, I'm going to be no help. My stomach's killing me. So I caught something. Something's going on. And this, the, per, the only person who answered was this guy from customer service who I did not like. He irritated the hell out of me. And he's giving me this. I said, hey, I'm, I'm calling in because I, I don't think I'm going to make it in this morning. I don't know who the manager is. He goes, well, you need to get in here. This isn't acceptable. I said, give the phone to the manager. Why do you think I'm speaking to you right now? Oh, well, I'm the supervisor this morning. I said, who is the manager on duty? He's like, uh, I'm responsible for this and you need to get in here. This is not acceptable. I said, okay, 
tell whoever I'm not coming in. And when they ask why, tell them this is your fault. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I had a pretty poor attitude at the time. <laughs> not really. He sounds like he just wouldn't listen to reason. If I saw him today, I wouldn't be any happier to see him. I can tell I, you that. I think it's a no-nonsense attitude. And that was 100% nonsense. <laughs> that, that was nonsense. Exactly. I think that's that's very generous. <laughs> so. <laughs> Enjoy basketball, soccer, and all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using bonus code CAPITAL and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Plus, when you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code CAPITAL and place your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Now you're winning with the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 when you bet $10 on an MLB game and either team hits a home run. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. So I left Toys R Us and needed a job in a pinch. I was very serious about paying like my insurance bill and st- I was still yeah, living with yeah. my parents, but I still go. had that like crushing sense of responsibility. Like it's work time. I'm old enough. I got a car, uh, need to pay the insurance. Let's get a job. So I went right. to God help me the cracker barrel. Cracker barrel. <laughs> and you can imagine what the interview process is like at cracker barrel. Although one Erica Mitchell Ooh. Much the way I was turned away at Taco Bell, I did not clear this story with her. (laughs) (laughs) I should have her on sometime to tell this story because it's very funny. Absolutely should, yes. She was turned down at Cracker Barrel because she adjusted her watch because it it had slipped down down her wrist. And the manager copped an attitude and he was like, if you're looking at your watch, you must have somewhere better to be. So I guess this is over. Wow. And they turned her away. At the same time? What's that? Did you work at the same time together there? She never got the job. Oh, I don't. She went to the one in Troy, though. So it wasn't oh, the same. The same one. Her brother did work there and did the same job I did at Caseyville, which is right by East St. Louis. For yes, those of yes. you who don't know the geography. And uh, that's to say it's a high crime, not great area. And <laughs> <laughs> I, worked, I worked there a long time. Actually, it was it was over a year. It might have been approaching two years. Because once I got there, I, a couple of realizations hit me. Like, one, I'm proud that I'm here. Like, I'm proud that I, I copped an attitude and got rid of the last job. And now I'm here and I'm doing a hard job, but I'm proud that I'm doing it. And I'm proud that I'm staying. I'm proud that no one's, like, pissed me off and I haven't walked out. <laughs> something like that. And I realized, like, I also maybe, having grown up, like, on the nicer side of the tracks there, I felt like... I had maybe a a real unfair attitude about the people there. As I got to know people there, I really liked them a lot. Like I made really good friends there. Uh, People who, if I saw them today, we would probably hug. We'd talk for an hour. Um, You know, I, and I was definitely no better than anyone there. So I stuck around. I thought, you know, there's nothing wrong with this. I'm still working toward college and stuff and and fine. This is fine for now. So (laughs) I near the end of this time, we had this, server and and I was in the dish room for a long time. I did want to like work my way out and maybe become a server or work in the retail shop that was attached. I thought like, 
you could put me to some better use. Like I'm reliable and I have a brain and I I'm, I'm okay around people. Give me something else to do. Like <laughs> not on drugs. I show up every time. Yeah. It's go. like, give me a shot at something else. And they wouldn't do it. So I was a little bit bitter about that. And we, and that was especially toward the servers who had really bad attitudes. I thought, I don't understand why you get to do this. And I'm back here knee deep in filth going home dead last every night. And this sucks. So we had this one server who I just could not stand. Don't remember his name either. But one night he was in a bad mood and they would bring their drink trays back. They had these big plastic trays. We've all seen them with the uh, the spots for the cups. And it, they hold like 50, 75 cups. They're giant, these big things. Hmm. And they have to run through the dish machine or the cups will get them all screwed up and they'll get dirty and make everybody sick and they'll kill somebody. So... <laughs> Servers would come back and they'd put them on this tray and we would run them through the dish machine and get them back to them super fast. He started coming back there and throwing them like in our direction, like at us. And the first time I was like, I'm, I think that must've dropped off the counter. Like, I'm sure that's not what it looked like. I'm sure he wouldn't have come back here and chucked that at the other guy who was working back here. And, you know, we had older people who worked back there who weren't able to do other jobs and stuff. Like it, it was a dangerous situation. He comes back like two more times and the last time I look at him and he looks at the person and just throws it at them. And I followed him out of the dish room and I yelled where everybody was watching me and could hear me. I yelled, try that one more time and see what I do. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he looked at me and just like walked off. Okay. Nothing else came of that. He did not do it anymore. And this was like, it was at a time in my life where I was, I was proud of that because I thought like, I, I rarely stand up for myself. Like I don't do this at school. I've been through a million things where, uh, somebody, I should have dropped somebody where they stood. And instead I took a bunch of crap from them. I was really proud of that. And I thought, yes, this is a new, this is a turning point for old Todd Mitchell. I am going to start sticking <laughs> up for myself and for others. And when I see something wrong, I'm going to say something. And that guy, apparently, I think it was that night. If it wasn't that night, it was that week. Robbed a gas station at gunpoint <laughs> with the gun he probably had on him at the job <laughs> in Caseyville. And because it was Caseyville, he points the gun at this lady and goes, give me the money. And she's like, like the third person to come in here tonight. I'm not giving you anything. <laughs> I was going to say, third time this week, get bent. <laughs> she calls the police right in front of him. I guess the gun still pointed at her. And he freaks out and runs. He makes a run for it, tries to run home on foot, I guess. Oh, like wow. he, Why would you go home? Golly. I, I guess his plan was to rob this place on foot and just casually walk away. Or maybe he thought, if I run from the car, they won't figure out who I was. or so. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not an idiot, so I don't think this way. So, yeah, he, he ran towards home. <laughs> and this was apparently his grandmother's gun, because that's how things go. And this he, is Cheddar Bob written all over it. He was he was caught immediately and went to prison where he probably still is. Golly. So, so I, <laughs> it happened. He could have got out on good behavior or something. <laughs> it, well, and then he'll probably hear this and that'll be another problem. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I shouted down a guy with a gun, not realizing it probably. Uh, so what was he throwing cups for? They were dirty or he's like, you didn't wash just because he's an ass or what? He had a gun. He did what he wanted. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's just a douchebag. <laughs> oh, fair enough. So, um, soon thereafter, I was, I can't remember if I went, yes, I can remember. I, from here, I got my job at Best Buy. Oh, and boy. so, immediately upon getting the job at Best Buy, I called them and said, um, I've got a new job. I'm, I'm, I'm all done. <laughs> and they're like, that's it. And <laughs> like, what do you mean? And I said, Oh, I just, I won't be back. I'm sorry. That's uh thanks for everything. And they're like, well, that's no notice. And I'm like, well, you know, I've already got the other job. So I mean, Go you can my file. I'll see you later. Have a good you, one. You can try to, to ruin my new job at Best Buy if you want, I guess, but uh, I'm not coming back. So, <laughs> so that was it until Best Buy. And I don't know if you knew this about me. There was a, a good stretch, especially during college. Once I got out of high school, where I did two part-time jobs to make up like a little more than what would have been one full-time job because nobody wanted me for a full-time job at the time. I was just some guy. Um, I usually did either two restaurants or I think I did. I, I, I went back to Toys R Us because I was willing to do like overnights. That's what it was. I was doing college at night and on Saturday mornings, 
I would do Toys R Us overnight and then I would do like Dandy Inn like the next evening. So mm. that that's what I did the first part of college and then the, the latter part of college I was at Best Buy. So that was very hard work. But uh, you want to you throw another one in here? Get back in the yeah, mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, upon working at the pawn shop for my neighbor, th- this, is how was, this, is, this is how sweet this gig was and how I got it to end also. <laughs> she was my neighbor. I, of course, mowed their grass. They had no children and they trusted no one. So I mowed their grass and I was instantly trustworthy. So she <laughs> approaches me one day after said grass was mowed and said, hey, we need somebody to work at the pawn shop. Can you just come in a little bit after school for a few hours and test video games? And I said, uh, what? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Where have you been my whole life? Thank right. you. So I go and needless to say, I did plenty more than just test video games. I'm but sure. It was everything. People tend to think from my experience of talking with them that like it's all jewelry. And then once you quote hawk it, it's gone. That's that's not how it works. It's a loan system with interest. Right. So you could either sell us something or give it to us and we would give you whatever we thought face value was for it. And then at the end of 30 days, you would come back, pay said value plus slight interest on whatever amount. That's how that works. So imagine the people that come in there, right? So you get everything from traveling iron workers that just need like tad bit of cash until they get their first paycheck. You'll never see him again to a guy that brings in. I mean, this was 2000 and uh eight nine and tiny bit of 10 that i worked there so well into the technology age we had a guy come in and would all he had was vhs tapes and all he wanted was cigarettes and he would come in twice a month because i don't know i'm assuming it was uh what's not ebt what are the what do they call it now what is it welfare no it's not welfare anyway his check uh, whatever it was late i know what you mean yeah and uh, he would come in and he just needed money for cigarettes. So we'd give him like 10 bucks for, I don't know, 50, 60 VHS tapes. He would always come back, though. He just Those were his tapes. He wanted to watch them and he wanted to smoke cigarettes. So there you go. He got what he wanted. Oh, we boy. got what we wanted. The story was over. So let me, was, let me it, walk that back for a minute. Like the system was like the same thing as basically the food stamp system. They just didn't actually do like real food stamps anymore. But correct. it was like state assistance. Yes. But they could use that on stuff there. Well, is that what you're it's, saying? It's like, um, why do people get paid twice a month? Uh, is that welfare? Or is it, what type of assistance program is that? Uh, Social Security, you mean? Maybe, maybe that's what SSI checks. Yeah, probably that's what it was. Something okay. like that. Because, like disability or something like that? Yes. It's one of those yeah. couple because it was the same thing at Taco Bell. Like there'd be certain parts of the month where like things were dead, but all of a sudden you get paid twice a month and then all of a sudden you get yeah a bunch of those people come out and it would be like you you could just bet on being busy those certain times of the month because people got paid type of thing. Yeah. Retail was that way too. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of like that for him. So we did everything from, I mean, you talk about musical instrument. I mean, you were in there. We had game systems, guns. I, did. I got to see it. It was actually pretty nice. I liked it. I bought, I bought a knife there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. I've still got that knife. It's, it was a great place to be. I learned my eyes were open to some things. I don't want to say I had a sheltered life because by no means do I think I was sheltered. But right. uh, maybe I learned some things at an earlier age than I had anticipated. So it was fantastic. Uh, the lady was great to me. Uh, she was kind of like a second mom. I would almost say very, very different than my own mother, but all the oh, second sure, mom yeah. nonetheless. But yeah. uh, it was good times working there. And uh, I stayed there, like I said, and a half, three years also, and then got an opportunity for an internship for something I went to school for, nice. kind of, and it was paid. So you go from making shit. When I was working at Taco Bell, I was in 18. They didn't have to pay me minimum wage. I was slinging tacos for like six thirty-five an hour, and that was 2006. That was not that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> minimum wage when I started was five fifteen. Uh, that, minimum that wage was would have been like six fifty, six seventy five. So I was a good quarter or something underneath. I don't even remember at the time. Yeah, you know, you do little things, take a test, and say you can portion out food, and you get like a ten cent raise or some shit like that. So it all evened out in the long run. But when I worked at the pawn shop, I was making if, if minimum wage is like seven and a quarter, I was making like eight and a quarter. So I was like. Bleh! over there you're ahead of the curve yeah exactly and then this internship came along for a place that uh 
I guess you could say I'm still currently employed. That was not supposed to turn in any one type of job. Yeah. But they were paying like twelve fifty an hour, a paid internship. I was like, bye. See you later. <laughs> so I went there and started doing that. And uh, then they, they wanted to hang out with me, keep me along for a while. And uh, they were really good about my college schedule at the time because I was doing a lot of traveling for that at three different campuses. So I stayed there for about three and a half years. And then I wrapped up my associates, nothing special. And then I worked basically after I wrapped that up a whole year, part-time, full-time. So, you know, like 39.9 or five hours every paycheck. So they didn't have to pay me anything. Oh, right. Yeah. And then they extended full-time to me, which I took because at the time it was, it was a good opportunity. And uh, you're already doing it. Yeah, I was already doing it anyway, so I might as well get paid a little more for it. Yeah. So, and then I happened to be there uh, as of today for they're still. So we'll see. Hopefully, in the next, uh, I'm not counting chickens before they hatch, but hopefully, in the next few days here, I get some information that allows me to make a decision, and then I can say bye bye. Yeah, this so, is this is a fun activity because we're we're hopeful for a new uh, job for you right now. Yes, very hopeful so, for that. And which things I'm, are looking up. So, which by the way, I'm happy to not put your full name in the title of this show if you would like. <laughs> that's that's fine. Uh, you probably could. I'm doubt. I'm not. I'm not that worried about it. So, I have to. I'm at this point where it's weird, and this is a humble brag, but the website is starting to do very well in search rankings, which is yeah. ironic because I've never been so loud about how much Google sucks. but we're at a point with the uh with the domain it's been around for five years already uh big inbound links and stuff when i put stuff up it starts to get some some search visibility so i'm i'm trying to be responsible with that (laughs) i have i have a very very common name so the fact if they were able to put me and place me exactly where i go i would say number one get a job because you're obviously doing something wrong but number two good for you yeah I would say uh, I could, I could, I have hopes. I've been thinking if this works the way I want it to on just exactly how I'm going to leave. And it can go probably one of three ways. One, they'll try to say, uh oh, what can we do to make you stay? That's not high on the list. I don't believe for them. I think they're going to say, well, good good luck. And I'm going to say, okay, bye, you guys. (laughs) And then two would be just the K bye. And three involves both, and then me still saying, no, you had your opportunity, bye-bye. Yeah. I don't know if I'd do that or not, though, because there's some really good perks about where I'm at. There's just one really bad one, so. Let me tell you, we've gone through mostly jobs I had before college at this point. In fact, these have all been jobs before I graduated. And I know it sounds like, well, he was young, and he's just uh, doing whatever he wanted, so he didn't work a lot of notices. I still actually feel pretty strongly about that. If um, if you're leaving a job, I personally feel like it de- it entirely depends on whether or not they are treating you with respect, uh, whether you want to be there two more weeks. Because if they fire you, they're just going to fire you. Right. I'm going to give them the opportunity. I'm going to ask. I mean, I have. They never give you two weeks before, like, we, we're not happy with you, so in two weeks we're letting you go. I don't feel very strongly about doing the other the other way around. And I think at this point we'll have to do a whole nother show full of these, (laughs) but, uh, almost just as many of these jobs, I did not work full notices in. I'll give them the opportunity. I don't think they're, I don't think they'll take me up on it. I have days regardless. So even if they want me to, I might be like, okay, I'm going to use these days. I'm out. I'll see you. I don't know. (laughs) Vacation time. Goodbye. Um, Yeah. One, one moment. I got to help Will with something. Then we'll kind of wrap things up. All right, sir. No worries. Did we did we make it to a between jobs point at, at at that point? I think we did. I think I mean you can be up if you need to be. If there's another goodness to share. I uh, let's let's finish my my section <laughs> at the before college point. Maybe we can do this again sometime, but I'll <laughs> We can do a part 2. Yeah, it would it'd be nice to do a part 2 cuz we got more really good stuff, but the, probably the best one between the points I've described and graduating college was how I left Best Buy and how my friend left Best Buy. So I worked in home office, which was basically printers, but I also had to deal with people who, not not people, but 55 to 65-year-old men who were coming in to buy computers they didn't understand. 
<laughs> that was the only kind of customer in the Best Buy home office section ever. <laughs> so, is this this is pre uh, Geek Squad then? Yeah, it was um, as Geek Squad was coming in. Gotcha. So I that's another thing I didn't quite make the cut. I was not Geek Squad material, but it was okay for me to stand in the printer aisle and bother people. So good times in the printer aisle. I was happy not to be a Cracker Barrel anymore. Um, <laughs> Don't want to get shot at work. <laughs> <laughs> I liked the assistant managers. I liked my coworkers. I really enjoyed having a little discount on like computer games and stuff. So overall, the experience was okay. I didn't care for my manager, who was a really miserable guy. And why wouldn't he be? He was the manager at uh, Best Buy, <laughs> and he was in also in his 50s. So he was not a happy guy. I did run into him off hours one time at Hooters a few doors down because (laughs) (laughs) I think you've heard this story. Um, My my friends wanted to go like watch a game or something dumb. It was also that point in time where like we all knew a couple of people from high school. People, women from high school who were working at Hooters and, oh, let's go bother our friend Sarah. Won't that be fun? Like, no, that's not going to be fun for us or Sarah. (laughs) And everyone's going to be extremely uncomfortable. I have Hooters. I have so many good Hooters stories that have nothing to do with what people would think, though. Oh, my goodness. Exactly. That's me, too. So we'll do another episode about that. (laughs) But so I saw my manager in there one time. I happen to know this guy lives in, like, Tennessee. Oh. So from Illinois, he was driving home to Tennessee. It's like a three and a half hour trip if he's at the very closest tippy point of Tennessee. Right. It's like a three and a half hour drive on a great day. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's not quick. So instead of making that drive home, one night I see he has left in his Best Buy attire to go to the Hooters where he is like slumped over in a chair in Uh-oh. front of a beer. Okay. And I'm like, this is now looking good for the, well, I mean, he was alive, <laughs> 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 but, but he, it, I couldn't tell if it was pure misery <clears throat> or like half misery and half drunk. And I just, I, as much as I disliked the guy, my, my favorite story about my interactions with him is uh, one time he found me, right outside the printer aisle and he peeked around the corner and there was a guy looking at a printer and he's like, I think that guy needs help. And I said, actually, I just, he's looking at a printer. I showed him and he's thinking about it and he goes, Oh yeah. What's his name? I said, that wasn't really part of my process. He just wanted to know about some printers and I showed it to him. He goes, <laughs> Sounds like you forgot to introduce yourself. And I said, uh, that's not really officially a policy anywhere, I don't think. And also, this is Best Buy, and no one wants to know my name, and I don't need to know theirs. You don't have enough flair on right now. <laughs> exactly. He's like, well, go introduce yourself. And I said, you understand that would be insane for me to do at this point, now that we've spoken for 20 minutes about printers. <laughs> well, I guess you shouldn't have forgot to introduce yourself. And so I go, I loudly go, Okay. And I walked down the aisle. Hi, my name is Todd. How are you? What can I do for you? And like, he of course looked at me like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) So it felt a little better to see him miserable slumped over his beer at Hooters. And um, that's nothing to do with leaving the job. The way I left the job was I was graduating college. I had my first real job lined up. I worked a full notice. I had a great time with my friends. We Everybody was happy and proud and shaking hands and stuff on my way out. But my friend, who we'll call Michael, because that's what he goes by now. Michael. He is a guy I met at Toys R Us. We both worked at Best Buy later. And I'm hurrying up because I have to finish this and get, get Will off to his next class. But... <laughs> He left the Best Buy job because Michael Jackson's trial was coming up in California, and he was literally the world's biggest Michael Jackson super fan, and he had to be present for the trial. I don't mean had to like was summoned, but I mean like he he there's no way he was going to miss this trial to support Michael Jackson. And I thought, this is crazy. This is insane. Uh, Have fun, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, management made it clear to him, if you go on this trip, you will be fired because you do not have the time off you need to do this to make a trip to California. And he goes, well, you'll just have to find someone else. And so sure enough, 
me and my friends at the Best Buy watched the end of the trial on the TVs in electronics <laughs> and saw him in the background behind Michael Jackson when he was acquitted, jump for joy, screaming and shouting, hugging people <laughs> in the background. He's in a million interviews, a million articles about this online. It's the craziest thing ever. Oh, man. That's how he left the job at Best Buy. And with that, I will wrap up uh, my part of this. This was fantastic. We could have spent oh, four could. hours on this. Oh, yeah, easily. <laughs> we can do a part two later or three on other things, whatever. If people enjoyed this, they will have to let me know. And we will, uh, of course, set up uh, round two and then possibly a round three Hooters edition. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because there's so, oh, my God, just the stories. And it's not it's not about girls at Hooters at all. Right. None of them. It's just a place where weird stuff happens. 100%. Absolutely it is. I'm sure the girls there would actually. Okay, so podcast idea ex-girls of hooters that could talk about everything that actually you know the weirdness of hooters for uh, professional reasons and for family reasons i would not participate in it but i would <laughs> happily pass that along to anyone who wanted to run with it and they would have my full support <laughs> oh yeah i mean it would it would make money people listen to you know true crime and everything else that would that would that would that would work well thank you so much this has been a, a treat as always and uh we'll we'll set up another one soon Absolutely, sir. Plug your uh, stream and everything real quick. How's that going, you by the way? You can find me on the Twitters and the Twitch at OHC Mr. Day, and you will see me playing just about anything. So please come hang out with me. If you hear this and you come by the stream, say, hey, I heard you on the podcast, and I'll say, fantastic. Introduce yourself. Let's talk. Let's have some fun. All right, pal. Thanks again. Have a good one. If you enjoy the Game Dev Breakdown podcast, we would love to have you subscribe anywhere. Hit that follow button on Spotify. We have show notes at CodeWritePlay.com. You can subscribe to our new newsletter if you would like to get game industry news, game development resources, you name it. Once a week, check out CodeWritePlay.com and click on that newsletter tab. You just put in your email and we will take care of the rest. We'll not bug you very often. Reach out on social media. You can find at Game Dev Pod, which is the podcast, Code Right Play, and me, Todd Mitchell, at Mecha Toddzilla with one D and two L's. Love hearing from you, your feedback, your questions, your topics. Love it all. Find our uh, Discord server at CodeWritePlay.com. Uh, hang out with us during the week. We're your virtual coworkers all week long. That's it for this time. We'll be back with more great stuff in just a few days. So for Game Dev Breakdown and for Code Write Play, Todd Mitchell here saying, take care, everybody. Talk to you real soon. Congratulations on your Game Dev Breakdown, whatever that is. It sounds idiotic to me.